0: Courage. Welcome to week four of a series that we've entitled Courageous Faith. And today we are talking about courage. What does it mean to be courageous? Courageous. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to just let you know my name is Tim. If you're new here, I serve as one of the pastors, and we're so honored uh, that you've joined us. You guys are looking good here in the room. I also want to give a quick shout out on the other side of that camera, especially to Trevor Lawson, all the way in Georgia. Uh, I'm understanding Trevor taking some courageous steps of faith. And what you know, man, here in the Bay, we have your back. We're pulling for you. Let's give it up for Trevor and everyone else joining us online. It's awesome. <laughs> Well, as I mentioned, we're in week four of Courageous Faith and we've been discovering that God has good things for your life, big things, better things than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine. In first Cor- or Second Corinthians 13, uh, the Bible tells us that, that God changes us from glory to glory to glory, like we're ever changing, ever becoming the people that God has created us to be. And, and here's kind of how that happens. Uh, the first way is that, that God is just good and he pours good things into the lives of people, whether they deserve it or not the bible says that he causes the sun to rise on the righteous and the unrighteous the just and the unjust like god is a good god and he does good things however there are some things that god desires to do in the lives of his people that we will not be able to experience that we will not be able to take hold of unless we position ourselves in partnership with him to do the things that he's asked us to do so he can give us the things that he desires for us to give my story, I, uh, you know, I, I haven't always, some of you know me as, as pastor. Uh, a lot of my friends know me as an, an addict. And I haven't always been in this, this spot. And I, I remember days, nights in my life when I would come into a room similar like this and, and say, God, change me. Like I heard, I heard from some dude on stage that you can change the life. And, and God, I'm in need of a life change. Like would you help me? Would you change me? And I would go to bed at night and wake up the next morning with the same temptations, the same desires, the same circle of influence, the same shortcomings, the same struggles, the same hurts, the same habits, the same hang-ups. And I assumed because of those realities that God wasn't interested in a guy like me. And I understood that because I had blown it time and time again. And maybe you're here and you're in a position, maybe you're in a season of life where you're like, God, when are you going to show up? Well, here's what you need to know. God is an ever-present help in our time of trouble. But there's some things that we can do to take hold of the good things that He has for us. What I've discovered in my life, and I found this to be true in, in times of trouble, in times of, of joy, things are going great, things are going, going not so great, that it's a relationship. And a relationship with God is a lot like a dance. And in any dance, God leads, we follow. And the challenge with that is that sometimes God leads us in this dance and he takes us in directions that I don't know if I want to dance that direction. I want to dance over here. But if we're going to follow God's leader, if we're going to let him be the leader and the forgiver of our life, then he leads this dance. And that requires courageous faith. Here's, here's what I know to be true. God desires for everyone to know him, to have a relationship with him. Everyone where you go to work tomorrow, everyone in that office building he wants everyone to know him. Everyone to make him the leader and the forgiver of their life. Where, where you go home, everyone on that street, he wants everyone to know him. Everyone here in this room, everyone in your family, everyone in your circle of influence, he wants everyone to know him. However, there's some things that have to take place for that to happen. It has to be someone to go and tell them, that's you. And they have a response they can choose to accept or reject. But in order for, for God to do what God wants to do, it requires some, some dancing, some participation, some participation. From his people. He desires for everyone, all of you married folk in the room, he desires for you to have an awesome, thriving marriage. But whether you will or whether you won't, a couple people have to participate in that dance. God desires to do it. He's laid out some instructions for us to follow, but whether we follow that lead or not, man, it's up to us. We participate in this dance. Uh, for example, uh, I, have, I have a $20 bill with me right here, right now. And I'm willing to give it to the first person that wants it. So whoever wants it, come get it. Come get it. There you go. Jolie Cooper, y'all. <laughs> Are we going to dance too? No, we can dance. Uh, no, we probably, no, no. no I got to keep going. I got too much content to get through. Dance later. Um, because Jolie trusted that what I said was true, that I she didn't see $20. She, she didn't know if I had it or not. But she trusted the promise. That if you come get it, I'll give it. Anyone here in the room could have done that. But Jolie took action. Jolie positioned herself to receive the promise. And as a result, Jolie's got 20 bucks in her pocket right now. Right? Let's give it up for Jolie. <laughs> I say that to say this, when we come to the book of Joshua, Joshua has taken over leadership for the nation of Israel. God has told Joshua that he has some very good things in store for him. There's a promised land ahead of him, a land that's actually so good, it says it's flowing with milk and honey, like it's an awesome, awesome land. And God says, matter of fact, I've promised it, I'm going to give it to you. But in order for Joshua and the nation of Israel to take a hold of it, they have to walk in courageous faith. Because whenever God calls Joshua, the land is occupied. There's giants in this land. There's some very real challenges. They are outnumbered. They have horses and chariots. Joshua does not. They have more resources than Joshua has. They don't know how it's going to happen, but God promised it. And so time and time again, we see this message, this resounding message to this guy named Joshua. And I believe this resounding message to the church today, be strong and courageous. If you're gonna take hold of what I have for you, you're gonna have to trust me if you're gonna take hold of this promise. Here's what what we know to be true. Because Joshua was going in to take hold of this land that, that was occupied, big enemies there, not sure how God's gonna do it. The first profound principle we see today is this that you can never fulfill your calling from your comfort zone. You and I can never fulfill our calling. And remain comfortable at the same time because God is always leading us to this healthy tension, to this place where we don't always know how things are gonna work out. He's always leading us to this tension that will require us to trust Him. God doesn't ask Joshua, Are you capable? He asks Joshua, Are you willing? God will ask you the same thing. He will never ask you, Are you capable to do what I'm asking you to do? That's never in the equation. Here's what He's asking Are you willing? to do what I'm asking you to do. And if we're going to step into our calling, it will lead us to step out of our comfort zone. And that is why we must walk in courageous faith. Here's the message over and over to Joshua. And I believe a message for us to receive today. Deuteronomy 31:7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. Deuteronomy 31, 23, and the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, and said, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 6 through 7, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. And Joshua, if you hear nothing else, only hear this, hear this, only be strong and very courageous. Courageous. Over and over again, if the Bible says something once, I mean, it's worth busting out a highlighter and underlining it, but if you see it repetitious over and over and over and over again, it's like God's got a megaphone. Joshua, don't miss it. Church, don't miss it. Joshua 1.9, this is our theme verse throughout this entire series we've entitled Courageous Faith. This is our, our main text we're gonna camp out on today, and here's what it says. I invite you to memorize this if you haven't already, and here's what it says. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, 17 through 18. This is the nation of Israel talking to Joshua. And he says, they say, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Here's what we need from you, though, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. God desires to give the people the land. He's actually promised that he will give it to them. He's promised that he'll be with them in this endeavor. But whether the people will know victory or defeat, whether they take hold of the promise or not, is contingent on Joshua and the nation of Israel walking in courageous faith. And the parallels to your life, my life, the nation of Israel, are striking. Here's the reality. Here's the question. How many people in your life will be impacted by your courage and by your strength? Listen, moms and dads, be strong and courageous. Your kids are watching. Grandparents, be strong and courageous. Leave a legacy of courageous faith. Students, be strong and courageous. Your peers are watching how you love God and how you love people. Central Christian Church, be strong and courageous, for the world is watching. When it comes to walking in courageous faith, we're not talking about luxuries, we're talking about necessities. We got to be people who posture ourselves to believe God for the unthinkable, even when we seem like all odds are against us, because if we're going to walk in courageous faith, it's the only way for us to become the people that God has created us to be. So what is courage? The Hebrew word that is used over and over in those texts we just read is amat's. It means to be solid, to be stout, to be strong, to be determined. The English dictionary defines it this way, the ability to do something that frightens you. Courage is the choice and willingness to confront agony, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation and not be deterred. Courage is not the absence of fear. Rather, courage is the will to persevere even in the face of fear. So how do we be men and women of courage? How do we walk in courageous faith? This is where our notes begin. If you're taking notes, um, this is where we're going to jump in. Also in the back, there's some, some discussion questions for your group, some, some things for you to process uh, throughout the week, a, a prayer focus there and some next steps you can look at to take this message with you and apply it throughout the week. But people of courageous faith, here's what they do. They have courage... They have, uh, they, uh, people of courageous faith hold to their conviction. They hold to their convictions. People of courageous faith, they hold to their, their convictions. If we are going to be people of courageous faith, we've got to hold to our convictions. Now, there's some things in life that I prefer. I wish things would go this way. That's my preference. But there's some convictions that I hold to. But in the midst of any season, in the midst of any situation, I'm not letting go of these. These are my non-negotiables. And my convictions shape my life. My convictions are are steadfast. My convictions not only shape my life, but as a result, they they tend to shape the church that we experience as well. One of my convictions is this. Uh, I hold to the conviction that prayer is the difference for much of what we see in life. Prayer is the difference for much of what we see in life. It's because I hold to that conviction that propels me to pray every day. I make prayer a priority in my life. Because of this conviction, we make prayer a consistent priority as a team. Every day, in the office, before this service, backstage, we pray. That's not just something we do. That's not just a checklist. I just hold to this conviction that if we pray, God will move. He'll show up. He'll do things that he would not do otherwise if we pray. As a result of this conviction, we give you the opportunity to have people pray with you at the end of each service. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, there's some things going on in my life that unless God shows up, I don't know how this is gonna play out. And listen, the reason we do this at the end of every service is to give you the opportunity to have someone pray with you. I just hold to this conviction that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you pray, God will move. If you don't pray, all bets are off. So maybe you need something from the Lord today. At the end of this service, I would just invite you to step out. You don't even have to tell them what's going on. You don't have to tell them your name. You don't have to give them any information. You just say, I'm up against it. I got a situation going on. I need God to show up big and we may be honored to pray with you. As a result of this conviction, we have a prayer gathering happening this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Because I believe if we pray, God will move. God will answer. It won't be flashy. It won't be, be great. It won't be this, this great display. It won't be, won't be super sexy. It'll just be a service where we say, hey, you know what? We need to get a hold of God. We're going to pray. As a church, we're navigating some transitions. We're going to talk about those transitions. We're going to pray for those transitions. If God's calling people out, he's calling people up. And we just need to be a people of prayer. Easter's coming. God wants you to make an impact in your circle of influence. Whether he will or whether he won't is largely contingent on us Us praying, we got to pray. God wants to do big things in San Jose, through your life, through this church. We got to be a people, people of prayer. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. The promise is I will answer. The premise is you got to pray. I hold to that conviction. I hold to the conviction that the word of God preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit has the power to change lives. I believe that. That God's word changes life. It's not what I say, it's what God says to you. 1 Peter 1, 23-25 says this. uh, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of unperishable seed. How? Through the living and enduring word of God. Look at this in verse 24. For all people are like grass, myself included. All their glory is like the flowers of the fields, like the grass withers and the flower fades. But here's what remains. But the word of God endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. I believe this this is very sacred space here. This isn't an opportunity for me to stand on a soapbox and opine on current events. This is a place for me to fearlessly and boldly tell you this is what the Bible says. And if you align your life to the word of God, it will change your life. It's a conviction I have. So I try to overdose you with scripture every week because it's the word of God that changes lives, not me. I hold to this conviction, I believe that water baptism is the first step of discipleship in the Christian life and should be done as soon as a person is saved. Listen, I'm just saying, if you're here, you're a follower of Jesus, you haven't been baptized, I hold to this conviction based on the word of God that there's two reasons why that hasn't happened. Either one, you didn't know God asked you to do it. And now you do. He says a whole lot about it. I'd love to talk to you about it. Or you're living in disobedience. And obedience, I, optional discipleship is no discipleship at all. I'm just saying, if you haven't gone public with your faith and been baptized, this is the, this is the hometown crowd. We'll cheer for you. We'll celebrate with you. Fill out a connect card. The water's always up there. Hey, we can baptize you right at the end of this service. It's a conviction. It shapes us, right? Hey, I'm just saying, it's a conviction. It shapes who we, who we are. It shapes how we do life. It shapes how we do ministry. People of courageous faith hold their conviction. So my question to you, what are your convictions? What what do you hold to that shapes your life? What are your non-negotiables in life? Second, people of courageous faith speak with courage in their conversations. People of courageous faith speak with courage in their conversation. I I don't have a whole lot of time here, but let me just hit hit Deuteronomy 20, uh, 1 through 4. Here's what it says. And so this is, backstory. this is uh, uh, the nation of Israel preparing for the promised land. Uh, Moses is giving instructions, hey, w- you guys are going to take this land. You're going to go into war. Here's some, here's some war advice. He says, when you go to war, and by the way, we're, we're all in war. We, we talked about that the past few weeks. We're in this spiritual battle. Bible talks a whole lot about it. He says, when you go to war against your enemy and you see horses and chariots and an army larger than yours, like you're outnumbered, all the odds are stacked against you, here's what I want you to do. Do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, he is with you. When you're about to go into battle, the priest shall come out and he shall address the army. And he's going to speak words of courageous faith. And here's what he's going to say. He's going to say, here, Israel, today you're going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified. Why? For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemy. Don't be faint-hearted. Don't be afraid. Why? God's with us. I know you can see all these things. I know they got chariots. I know they got horses. I know they got all this stuff. Listen, trust the Lord. He's the one who's with you. We put our hope in him. Allows us to walk in courageous faith, not be afraid, not be discouraged. You say, well, that's great. The, the priest should do that. Like, Tim, that's your job. You'll be strong and courageous. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> that's the elder's job. That's the staff's job. I don't, we we need to speak words of courageous faith in our conversation, but, but so do you. So do you. Look at this in, in Deuteronomy 20, verse 8. Then the officers shall add, is anyone afraid or faint-hearted? This is... Mind-blowing. Let him go home so that his fellow soldiers will not be disheartened too. Listen, the reason this is so important for us to be people of courageous faith and to speak with courage in our conversation is because what you say and what you do, it impacts those around you. Don't you doubt that for a second. We need to be people of courageous faith. I need to be a man of courage. But so do you. It impacts those around you. Listen, they're outnumbered. They got more horses, they got more chariots, but this is such a big deal. He's like, hey, if you're faint-hearted, head home because it's going to be toxic for the camp. Guard your heart. Speak with courage. Why? Because it's great. No, because God's with us. He's the game changer. We could look at example after example throughout the Bible and everyday life of people who speak with courage in their conversation and it changes everything. We gotta be that. Third, people of courageous faith make spiritual commitments. Make spiritual commitments. Joshua 1:9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What commitments do you need to make to the Lord today? Joshua made the commitment to be strong and courageous. That's a choice. Joshua made the commitment to not being afraid or discouraged. He made a commitment. Joshua made the commitment to keep his focus on the Lord. Joshua made the commitment to remind himself, God, you're with me. Here's what I see, but I know you're with me. We're marching. You need to make the same commitments, and I need to make the same commitments. I want to give you four spiritual commitments that I would encourage you to make today. Four spiritual commitments. Number one, commit to living in and living out God's word. Commit to living in and living out God's word. Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then... You will be prosperous and successful. Joshua had to commit to living in God's word so that Joshua could live out God's word. And you and I must do the same. How might you do that this week? How, how might you commit, make the spiritual commitment, God, I'm going to live in your word and I'm going to live out your word. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, I would encourage you to get it. You can, you can take your Bible with you everywhere you go. And while you got 10 minutes because they showed up late for that meeting, you can bust it out and say, I need to be strong and courageous. God, give me a word from you. You can take a screenshot. And like I, I got this verse on my phone. I felt like God gave me this verse at the beginning of the year. And sometimes I just pull it up and like I just need to remind myself of this right now. I want to live in God's word. I want to live out God's word. And you say, well, I'm not, I don't really have time to like, hey, you got time. You, you can have the Bible read to you while you commute into work. We all have time. We just need to make a commitment. I'm gonna live in God's word so I can live out God's word. Second commitment do not be afraid. Commit to not being afraid. Jesus says this in uh, John 16, and really over and over, one of the resounding messages that we hear from Jesus is fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Scholars say that there are 365 verses that say, "Do not be afraid," one for each day of your life to hold on to. In the midst of coronavirus threats, don't be afraid. In the midst of uncertainty of the future, don't be afraid. In the midst of an election year, don't be afraid. In the midst of everything you got going on, don't be afraid." Jesus said this in John 16:33. He, he says, "In this world, you will have trouble. That's a promise. It's going to happen. You will have trouble. He didn't promise easy street. He promised there's going to be some trouble. But take heart. That could be translated, have courage. I have overcome the world. Listen, he's with you. Don't be afraid. The Lord tells Joshua, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Listen, fear has a voice. You've heard this voice. I've heard this voice. For me, the voice of fear always says, What if? What if, Tim? What if this? What if that? What if this happens? What if that happens? The voice of fear says, What if? And if we listen to the voice of fear, we will be anxious, we'll be stressed, we'll be depressed, we'll be hopeless, we'll be lulled into complacency where we live a life of apathy. Don't listen to the voice of fear. Courageous faith has a voice. And courageous faith says, even if. Fear says, what if? Faith says, even if. Even if. There's this fascinating reality in Daniel chapter three, it involves three boys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, maybe some of you have heard this story. But here's what happens. These these three boys are exiles. They've been taken captive from the land of Israel. They're living in captivity as slaves in Babylon. And this king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, he sets up this golden idol. He's like, hey, everyone in the land, you got to worship this statue. And if you don't, I'm going to kill you. Well, these three boys have courage in their convictions. And they say, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're going to pray to the Lord our God. We're going to pray to the true God. And here's what they say in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied to the king. The king is furious at this point. He's like, bring those boys here so I can kill them. He says, we don't need to defend ourselves to you in this matter, Mr. King. Talk about speaking words with courage in their conversation. Listen to what these men of courageous faith say in verse 17. Verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your hand, your majesty. Check this out, verse 18. But even if, even if, even if he doesn't, we want you to know we will not worship an idol that you have set up for us. What if, what if, what if, what if? Well, these boys are like, no, even if, we want you to have a very clear message we're gonna to hold to our convictions. We're not gonna be afraid. Fear says what if, courage says even if. Fear says what if it doesn't work out and it all blows up in your face. Faith says even if it blows up in my face, I'm gonna do what God has asked me to do and I will be found faithful by you. What if, well, what if you, 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 you put yourself out there and they don't respond? Even if they don't respond, I'm going to speak the word of God with holy boldness. But what if, what if you tell them about the hope you have in Jesus and they just think you're crazy? What if you tell that coworker and they just say, you're on the nutty train, like, you're out there. Even if they think I'm crazy, I'm going to get back up and look crazy a million times over because I hold to this conviction that eternity is at stake. What if you commit to getting God involved in your finances and trusting him with the tithe? And what if he doesn't come through? Even if I don't know how he's gonna make it happen, I know that you said bring the whole tithe into the house and you'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that is too great for me to contain it. Even if I don't see it, even if I don't understand it, even if everyone else doubts, God, I'm taking you at your word and I'm standing on your promises and I'm putting them into practice, even if. What if you try and you fail? Well, even if I try and fail, I will have failed while daring greatly so that my place is never among those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. Courage pushes back on fear with faith. Even if those things happen, God, I'm trusting you and I'm stepping back into the arena. Even if. Fear has a voice. You've heard it. You'll probably hear it this week. I'm just inviting you to push back on fear with faith. Fear has a voice, but you get to determine whether fear has a vote. While fear has a vote, give faith the final vote. While fear has a voice, give faith the final vote. Don't be afraid. Number three, commit to not being discouraged. Commit to not being discouraged. Again, Joshua 1:9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Now, here's what you need to know. God is not going to ask Joshua. He's not going to ask you to do something that you're incapable of doing. And if you're like me, you hear that, you're like, well, yeah, but what about this? (laughs) Yeah, but what about, uh, this? you know, we can lead ourselves there. I remember uh, Noni, uh, we were talking uh, before prayer one day. And she said, Tim, there was a a season in my life when I was discouraged. Uh, I, I was up against it. And I didn't see how things were going to work out. And she said, in that season, Tim, I felt like the Lord told me to take Psalm 103 every day like medicine. And I thought that's, that's pretty good advice. Here's what Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Bless the Lord. Don't forget his benefits. It will turn our perspective from everything that's wrong to everything that's right. God, you're still on the throne. I'm going to worship you for who you are. Discouragement happens when we fixate on the wrong things. And God invites us to focus on Him because He's always right. Fourth, final, commit to believing God's promises. Commit to believing God's promises. Uh, God makes Joshua this amazing promise in Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Every place you set your foot, I'm going to give it to you. God essentially tells Joshua, Joshua, if you're a man enough to step on it, I'm God enough to give it. If you're a man enough to step on it, Joshua, I'm God enough to give it to you. Joshua, yes, there are giants in the land. Yes, you're outnumbered. Yes, they're bigger than you. Yes, they're stronger than you. Yes, they have more resources. Yes, Joshua, I know in the natural, it looks like all the odds are stacked against you, but Joshua, I'm the God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. So Joshua, if you're a man enough to step on their territory, I'm God enough to give you the land. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon from the great river Euphrates and all the Hittite countries and the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. If Joshua is going to walk in courageous faith, he must hold on to God's promises Take God at his word, and you and I must do the same thing. Courageous faith makes the spiritual commitments. And one spiritual commitment that you and I must make is, God, I'm believing your promises are true for me today. I know what I can see, but I know you're the God who works in ways I don't see. I know what they said, but I also know what you said. And God, I thank you for speaking a better word over my life. I know there are giants in the land. I know there's some very real challenges on the horizon, but God, you're bigger than all the giants we face and you have promised that you will be with us. I know if I am courageous enough, even when things look improbable, I will see firsthand that you're the God who does the impossible. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We achieve the impossible by focusing on the God with whom all things are possible. Remember, we can never fulfill our calling from our comfort zone. So God always leads us to this place of healthy tension where we are forced to trust Him. When it comes to our calling and doing what God has asked us to do, God won't ask you, Are you capable? He'll simply ask you, are you willing? And when fear comes, we push back on fear with courageous faith. We don't worry about what if, we trust even if.